welcome to the Stronger Stride podcast with your hosts, Lydia Mackay and Sophie Lane. Hello and welcome to our first bonus episode of the Stronger Stride podcast. How are you doing, Lydia? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty excited to be here for a bonus episode. I know. We've only released one regular episode and we're already on the bonuses. <laughs> I know, going wild. Let's hope I we know. can keep well, it up. That's it. Well, the plan is to do one a month, but we've got a bit of free time up our sleeves, so we thought why not <laughs> add in an extra one. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the fundamentals of strength training. So just giving a bit of an overview of our opinions on strength training for runners in particular, um, the kind of exercises that we like to do and just kind of the principles behind why we think you should be adding it into your training program if you're not already. Um, so we're going to touch on a few different topics throughout the episode. If you've got any questions or want to discuss anything, let us know. Um, the best way to reach us is on Instagram at Stronger Stride. So send us a DM or comment on one of our posts and we'll get back to you in the next episode um, with an answer to your question. So to kick us off, Lydia, do you want to just have a chat about your running week the last few oh, days or so? My running week? Well... I um, was lucky enough to run with the Sophie Lane on Sunday. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> well, for some of it, at least. Um, for the Trotters, <laughs> the Terrigal Trotters had a run on called Round the Bay, which is 37-ish kilometers around around the bay, around the water on the Central Coast. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a road run, pretty flat. And I think, yeah, Sophie, you said you weren't super prepared for it. <laughs> and I mean... I don't know whether I could say I was prepared for it. I feel like my legs had it in me, but um, I didn't exactly love the race. <laughs> but <laughs> a few things what didn't about? go to plan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, to say the least. Yes. Um, how, how did you go? So how did you find it? Yeah, it was tough. Like I think I was trying to think back. We did that 26K run a couple of weeks ago, but before then, I don't know if, when the last time I ran more than 20Ks mm. was. So to step up to yeah. 38 was a bit of a jump. Um, oh, for sure. I don't think my legs were yeah very prepared for it but it was nice to just kind of test the body and see how it felt and how everything went I think I pretty much hit a wall at about 28 that last 10 days (laughs) felt longer than the first 28 so that was a real struggle for me I don't know what my pace got down to but there were times when I kept thinking I'll just okay I can walk the hills I'll just walk the hills and then it got to a point and I just started walking on the flat and there was just no reason for it except that I just felt like I literally could not run anymore um, and finally, you, oh, you after a few dilemmas along the way, you caught back up to me and that was good to have you for the last <laughs> couple of Ks because I don't know if I would have made it, honestly. Oh. I was struggling, but it was good to get it done. Such a nice oh. morning. I think there were seven or eight yes. um, water stations along the way with lots of volunteers mm. helping out. So it was so nice. Oh, fantastic. Heaps of the terrible trotters cheering us on, which always makes a difference. It's so much more enjoyable doing it in a group rather than just on our own, which we've done before. So I think it was definitely, yeah, 100%. a really good morning. Good conditions, nice and cool. So yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good to get it done. Oh, for sure. We're definitely lucky to have such a great running community on the Central Coast because mm. as much as we probably would have gone for a run on Sunday, regardless, it's still nice to have people to run with, but also we probably wouldn't have run that far just mm. on our own. We probably would have done no way. <laughs> something a bit easier. Maybe 10? <laughs> <laughs> 10. Oh, maybe, maybe 20. Depends yeah. how we're feeling. Yeah, that's um, it. But yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, I was stoked. I didn't, um, well, not really stoked on the day, but Monday felt good. No sore muscles, went for an easy run and then mm. another easy run yesterday and another easy run today. I haven't really done anything too hard this week, wow. but 
just a few. That's good though. No days off yet. No. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do an interval session tomorrow. Um, like nice. another fart leg session and then probably have Friday yeah. as a rest day and then good. trotters on Saturday again. Yes, I know. We're back again. Two trotters runs in a row. That's rare yeah. for us. Very Excited. rare. Should be good. I think it's 15Ks this weekend. I think possibly can come a mountain, but don't quote Ooh. me. Um, oh, that'd so be, be nice. A bit of, bit of a mixture there. Um, I've, yeah, had a bit of a – I did have Monday off. Um, Tuesday off, actually. Did I? No. I had a bit of a quiet week. No, you didn't. You oh, almost today's had... Wednesday. I almost, I made it. I got back from my run at about 8.30 p.m. and I've never done that before. And it was actually a really nice time. Like it was cool. The sun had gone down, but it was still light enough. Like I could still see. Yeah. Um, but then I had to eat and it was, it was just late. I don't, oh. wouldn't recommend that. But I need to kind of work out my schedule a bit better. I had a bit of a gosh mishap in the morning. So still got it done, which was good. I nearly didn't. Forgot my sports bra. I was going to go straight from work. Forgot it. And then oh. I nearly didn't go, but I got it done. So that's good. It was just 5k fartlek. Nice and easy, but good oh, to kind of turn over the legs good. a bit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it was nice. So we'll see how the rest of the week goes, but yeah, all good. All right. Shall we kick things off with our fundamentals of strength training? I think we should. Right. Um, so we've, we've got a sort of quite a bit to go through today and we're hoping that this episode will be a bit more informative than our last episode Um, and we're going to go through some actual examples of what a strength training program could look like but I think one of the main things that we wanted to talk through is just what is strength training and why it may be valuable to you as a runner because I think um, the stereotype goes that most runners and I think this is quite true as well don't love strength training um, or just aren't particularly interested in it uh yeah yeah I think a lot of people think they can just run and run and run and not kind of back it up with any strength training a lot of people get away with it for quite a while but I think particularly as you get older or as the volume starts to increase um it's really important to have that strength base there a bit of a foundation before you because you know it's a lot for your body to go through to be pounding the pavement for k after k um without having any sort of capacity within your muscles and ligaments and bones to carry that load um and I think yeah it's just one of those things that is becoming definitely a lot more um talked about and a lot more a kind of trendy I guess now but I think it's such an important thing and if it's not in your program at the moment definitely would be worth looking at adding something in Mm, definitely well we might as well sort of go through the main reasons why I think right now before we actually explain Mm. how we'd create a program yeah um because I guess there's no point in explaining the program if you don't have a solid reason why. Um, so just as Soph was saying mm-hmm. about um, you can't expect your body to just sort of keep going day in, day out without getting tired or getting injured. Um, I guess when you think about a lot of the main reasons for injury are related to just too much stress on the body or too mm-hmm. much too much too soon typically. So I guess the idea of strength training is to try and increase your tissue tolerance. So you're trying mm-hmm. to increase the capacity that your body has to tolerate the stress that you're giving it, the stress being the running. So you yeah. can obviously reduce your frequency of running, but if you're a runner, you want you want to keep running. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if we can make our tissue, and by tissue I mean your bones, muscles, tendons, ligaments, connective tissue, if we can make that more tolerable, Um, increase its capacity to stress then we're going to have a better chance of reducing our injury rate and just being able to to run more which 
we mm. all want to do. Well, hopefully, yeah. if you're listening yeah. to this. <laughs> um, For sure. Yeah. As, as well as it's fun. It's so much yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's it a different good. kind of stimulus too. It's, it's nice to do something that, um, you know, obviously we love getting our heart rate up, getting hot and sweaty and puffed and all that sort of stuff. That's what you get from the running. But it's nice to kind of take it a little bit slower, feel the muscle contraction, get that muscular burn without having the puffing and all that kind of the high intensity sort of stimulus. Um, yeah. You can kind of take your time with it, have some good rest breaks between your exercises and just, yeah, I think it's so beneficial and a lot of people aren't doing it Um and for all those reasons you said, and so many other things too, like the um, actual coordination and stability mm. within, you know, when you're running, I always say this, when you run, you're only ever on one leg at one time. You're never with both feet on the, on the ground or you shouldn't be unless you're shuffling along like I was on Sunday. <laughs> um, but that means that you need a lot of stability within both legs to work independently of each other. You're not just doing – so a lot of people, if you think of a traditional squat, on both legs which is great to build strength but you also need to add in that single leg work um, which is going to help with coordination um, and just that stability and not letting your form kind of decrease as you start to fatigue too and letting that knee kind of cave in um, all those sort of things that happen as we fatigue if we can strengthen everything up individually doing one leg at a time it's going to help with the stability long term as well yeah yep 100 percent Um, All right, well, let's sort of move into just the basics. So what is strength training or resistance Mm. training? I mean, you can use those words interchangeably, but basically it's just any activity um, that's asking your muscles to resist against an external force. And Mm. that external force can be weights, like it can be a free weight at a gym, like a dumbbell or a barbell, kettlebell, something that you can physically pick up, or it could be gravity even um like you think about a push-up or a bodyweight squat uh or you can use the machines at the gyms like the Mm -hmm. yeah chest press machine or whatnot (laughs) there's plenty plenty of options there yeah um and there are some sort of fundamentals that need to be included in a resistance training program for it to Mm be effective Um, So first one being progressive overload. Do you want to dive into that a little bit more? Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of self-explanatory if you just read the title. The idea is to overload our body progressively. So it's important to give your body time to adjust to the training that you're doing, but you can't just pick up the 10 kilo dumbbells, do your lunges, put them down, and then do the same thing next week. You've got to progress so you've mm-hmm. you are you want to overload your body it's got to get hard um it doesn't mean every session you go in there you're gonna work to failure but it just means that you increase the intensity of your sessions gradually over time uh and that could be by yeah. increasing your weight so picking up a heavier dumbbell for example it could be increasing the time under tension. So you might want to add in some tempo work to your squats, for example. Like rather than squatting straight down, straight up, you might pause at the bottom for three seconds and then coming up. So you're increasing the time under tension, um, which is increasing the intensity and, and overloading your body progressively. Um, or you could simply increase your sets. So rather than doing three sets, do four, five, or increase your reps. Um, and obviously harder exercises, more challenging exercises, longer gym mm-hmm. sessions, more sessions. 
Um, anything Definitely. to add to Yeah, that? there's so many so, ways you can progress. Yeah, well, I think it's probably a lot of runners probably understand that pretty well because it's the same kind of concept mm. if you, as we said last week, you start running and you slowly increase your mileage, um, increase your intensity, yes. your speed, volume, all those sort of things. Very similar concept. It's just increasing the weights or the sets, as you said, um, or changing the exercise. And I think that's an important one to touch on is not just, you know, you can. there's so much on the internet now of different sort of workouts and exercise and things. You might see someone doing a snatch or an overhead squat or something like that and think, oh, wow, that looks great. But that's very sort of advanced. So you've really got to start with the basics, just using body weight even to start with, just to get the movement pattern happening. Because if you haven't done those movements before, um, some people just, their bodies just don't know where they are in space. There's a lot of proprioception that needs to be developed, some neural pathways that need to kind of adapt as you get used to that movement. And you may be doing a squat and, I don't know, your heels might lift up and you're coming too far onto your toes. Or there's so many different variables. So if you can start really with the basics, nail those for a while and then progressively overload using harder movement patterns and then add in the weights as well as you go through. So it doesn't mm-hmm. just have to be just doing more volume, as we say, just getting a, a more complex exercise and even moving from a double leg squat to a single leg squat, something like that over yeah. time is another way to progress. progress. And that's yeah. probably useful for those people who aren't going to a gym or don't have access to equipment. There are other ways that you can progress things without just needing oh, yeah. more, more weights. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think sort of lastly with that progressive overload, which will then tie into the next point is it's important to understand that you can't just increase your weight or, you know, up your intensity Mm -hmm. every single week or every single session. And it might go like that sometimes, um, but you're going to have periods of plateau before you then sort of go up to that next level again. So what's really important to understand is that if you do try and take those new steps too quickly, that is going to put you at an increased risk of injury. So mm-hmm. the next point that we're going into is recovery. I guess the importance that we want to highlight today is that you do need time to adjust to your training. You do need time to recover. Otherwise, you won't get the benefits and you could risk injury, of course. Yeah, for sure. The progressive overload and the recovery kind of go hand in hand. You're not doing too much too soon, but still having enough time to rest so whether you're having full days off like a full rest day I think that's really important a lot of people are missing that and think that they should constantly be doing something um yeah but if you're up to that level you know a lot of elite runners aren't having a full day off they're doing some sort of active recovery whether that's cross training swimming cycling whatever it is um but you've just got to know where you're at currently and not look so far ahead and think that you're advanced when you're just starting out um and it's tricky I find it quite hard to um, fit both the running and the strength training in. I found that quite challenging for a while to work out because I would mm. do a massive session in the gym and then I'd be too sore to run. So you've got to just strip it back a little bit and not overdo it in the gym so that you're not putting your running sessions, you know, um, not being able to do those as good as you normally could. Um, so it's about working out your schedule and seeing what days suit you, whether you break it down into a couple of smaller sessions or you just yeah. get it over with in one go and do one session. Or um, after a run, you could do a couple of exercises. There's lots of different ways to do it. And we'll dive into that a little bit later. But just making sure you're not overtraining. If you feel like you're starting to get really fatigued and tired and you just muscles are never not sore, it might be a sign that you've got to cut something out of the mm. program. That's it. And, and the thing that you want to cut out of your program is not the recovery. Like that's the most mm. important thing. There's no point training so hard every day without having the recovery because you simply 
won't get the benefits of the, that training. Yeah, um, you'll just end up end you, up injured you, and then have to have time off and yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's 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 really no point. Um and a great sort of way to understand this is the supercompensation principle or sort of diagram and we'll put a picture up on their Instagram about this and um mm-hmm. we can um, put a link in the notes for the show. I think we can do that. So, um, <laughs> we'll notes. figure out how to put we'll that in there so you guys can see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sophie, I'm looking Don't at make you. any promises. Um, <laughs> but you know what? You can send us a DM and um, I'll send you the diagram. <laughs> but yeah. every time you train, you essentially get weaker. I'm just going to explain this super simply. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're starting off at level zero, you have a training stimulus the first thing that happens is you actually sort of get weaker, your muscles break down, um, and then you recover. Then they get stronger. And then what happens is your muscles, it's kind of like they want to supercompensate or overcompensate for the damage that you've done, and they come back stronger. So mm-hmm. then the next time you go into the gym or the next time you go for your run, you're able to run faster or you're able to lift heavier. And it does take time. It's not as black and white as that. Um, but more or less, if you try and skip that recovery period, you're just going to continue to decondition and you're going to continue to break down and your fitness level will just decline, plateau, or you'll get injured. So don't miss it. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, have a bit of a Google of that if you want, um, a bit more of a visual representation of what it looks like. Yep. Cool. Sweet. Uh, the next principle is... A pretty simple one, specificity. So us being runners, um, as much as I've had a few <laughs> a few times in my life where I'm like, oh, I could be a power lifter. I, I can bench press all right. <laughs> it's not super relevant. Kind of what we touched on with our goals. You've got to be specific. Um, and obviously, if that's what you're interested in, go for it. But in order to mm. get the right adaptations we want to improve our running, we're going to be targeting the right muscle groups and in the right kind of movement patterns too that are, I guess, functional, bit of a buzzword at the moment. But actually yeah doing movements um that sort of simulate running not meaning that you're gonna have to you know say you're going for a two-hour run we're not saying you're gonna do squats for two hours because that simulates that movement it's more the actual movement pattern that you're doing and still keeping the reps and sets relatively low because that's where you get the strength gains from um but doing movements such as step ups or split squats or um even some plyometric stuff so some jumping and hopping and things like that they're really relevant to running um, yes. rather than just spending all your time on knee extensions and hamstring curls, which do have their place, but you've got to also include the more functional compound lifts as well. Mm. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think the easiest way to sort of think about or when, like when you're putting your program together, trying to pick your exercises is you imagine what it looks like to run and then imagine what sort of exercises look similar to running. So, mm-hmm. and obviously, as Soph said, doesn't mean you have to do it exactly the same. And I guess you could say to make it exactly like running, you'd basically just go to the gym on a treadmill and you'd hold weights in your hands and just run with <laughs> weights. But that's not exactly what we're saying. But yeah, all the single leg exercises, you don't run on two legs, you run on one leg. Um, stability sort of, well, we'll go, we'll go through some actual exercises later. But mm. yeah, I mean, it's... It's self-explanatory, but I think it just takes a bit of thinking. Like you just have to think about it when you pick your exercises. Yeah, Um, for sure. Yep. Okay. The next one is frequency. So again, 
it, the title sort of sums it up, but more or less <laughs> you need to pick a frequency of your sessions. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, are you training once a week? Are you training five times a week? Mm-hmm. What's sustainable? And when I say sustainable, I mean, are you motivated and willing to do that kind of training mm. at that frequency? Are you going to do it five times a week? every single week do you really want to do that much Mm -hmm. um and also is it going to be beneficial to train five times a week on top of your already hectic running schedule are you actually going to get benefit are you going to be able to fit in enough rest days or recovery days um yeah and if you're a beginner i think you've really got to be careful of not falling into the trap of sort of going too hard too soon especially when you're feeling motivated it's hard to hold back sometimes I think we both feel like that often you get really Mm. excited probably everyone does at some time you're excited and you just want to go to the gym or go for a run and whatnot but you've got to be realistic it's got to be sustainable yeah and I think that's hard too especially when you are a beginner because there's that thing called beginner gains where you first start doing something new you improve so quickly you'll be getting all these pbs you're smashing it out and that's probably going to motivate you which is great But there's going to come a point where you start to plateau and you're not improving, which is where, again, that progressive overload comes in. Keep progressing the exercises, making things harder, but you won't be improving quite at that same rapid rate. It kind of plateaus out a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend too many sessions too soon. Just start, I don't know, one or two um, and then just see how you feel and see how your body copes with it. But it's going to depend as well on how many days a week that you're running. Um, or if you do any other sports, if you play a team sport or something else, like it's going to completely depend on your schedule. We c- I'd love to just say this is the answer, but there's way too many factors involved to work that out. And you've got to look at your schedule and see what fits in with you. 100%. Yeah. No, I think that's basically sums it up. And I guess ultimately, even if it is only one or two sessions a week, if you've gone from doing no sessions, that's a lot more than you were doing. Mm. So that's massive and if you can keep that up consistently every you know week in week out you're making a small deposit toward towards your goals um and you will see progress because you're gonna you're gonna be able to maintain it whereas if you did jump in and and train every single day and you'd never done it before you'll end up needing time off with injury sickness you may lose your interest for it so overall if you can be consistent that's the main thing. So it's got to be sustainable. You've got to be consistent with it. Yeah. Whatever you sure. select. Definitely. Um, and then our last principle to discuss is reversibility. So I guess we've both felt this and probably most runners have felt this when you have a bit of time off due to injury or just life gets in the way. When you go back and try and get into it again, it's a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. 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 So um, you don't decondition. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just because you make the gains doesn't mean you're going to keep them for life. You've got to keep turning up, showing up, as you say, small deposits every day, um, and keep progressing. Because otherwise, it yeah, it doesn't last. Unfortunately, it'd be nice if it did, but that's just not how the body works. It yeah, it's only a temporary thing. So you just got to keep coming, keep showing up each week um, to prevent that reversibility from happening. Because it's just going to make it so much harder trying to get back into it. Whereas if you just continuously do a little bit, um, it's going to just be so much easier for you in the long run. Yep, exactly. You need to continue. Your tissues need continuous exposure to that yep. um, resistance training. 
in order to maintain their condition. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think that's – I mean, it's just something to be aware of. It's not – Yeah. you know, it just is what it is really. If you go away yeah. on holidays and you haven't got access to a gym, <laughs> um, yeah, you might not be lifting as heavy when you get back home. But that's all yeah. right. Which is okay. You've got to have down weeks as well and that could just be a recovery week and – you just got to slowly yeah. build back up again. But yeah, just keep that in mind. Awesome. All right. So I think what we're going to do now is go into some more actual examples of what a program could look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some actual example exercises as well. So obviously yeah. this is quite general. It's still targeted towards a runner. But I think this will sort of give you an idea of how you could structure a program. And also if you have any more questions that we haven't answered surrounding this, um, yeah, again, just send us a message and we're happy to sort of elaborate on different parts. Yeah, um, for sure. Cool. Okay. All right. So I guess awesome. there's a couple of different components that um, we like to include in our programs and what we think works based on just personal experience and looking at a bit of literature. Um, obviously, it's nice to start with a warm up, just something general to get your heart rate up, get everything more move. If you've got any sort of tight areas, you know, if you find that your hips are really tight, you may want to spend a bit of time foam rolling or doing some dynamic stretching and things like that to loosen those up just so that you're then ready to get into the more um, compound lifts without any of those restrictions. So if you find you've got really tight calves, loosening those up a little bit before you get into some squats just so that then you've, you're have you actually doing the movement pattern correctly and with um, most optimal form so that you're getting the most out of, out of your exercise. So just a general warm-up and then if you've got any areas to target, going a little bit deeper into those um, is a good idea. Yeah, I think um, as well for the warm-up, obviously you're trying to get your heart rate up, increase your body temperature. You're trying to get the blood flowing to the muscles that you're going to be targeting in that workout, you know, loosening up tight bits. But I think for me, one of the biggest things is mentally getting ready for my session. Mm. And I I think, in fact, if anything, I'd probably say for me, that's almost the most important bit for my warm-up because... I know that I take a long time to sort of get into the zone when I'm training. So <laughs> I put my, um, it sounds quite serious. It's not that serious, but I put my earphones in, uh, I've got my music on. I do a bit of a dynamic stretch and just mentally I'm preparing for my workout. And I, I have the same sort of routine that I do every time I go into the gym. Um, it does vary obviously depending on my session, but there's a component that looks exactly the same that I do at the start and yeah, it sort of gets me prepared. It tells my body, yep, we're about to train, we're about to work out, we're about to lift weights. And I think having that um, routine is mm-hmm. is very beneficial for me to, to mentally prepare for my, my session. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Good tip. Um, and then from there, I'd usually be moving on to some sort of primary or compound lift. So you want to kind of target the big lifts at the start. So the ones that are going to be most taxing on your system um, and then save the smaller muscle groups and smaller movements for later on in the session. Um, yeah. So those kind of movements include something like a squat, any kind of variation, whether that's back squat, front squat, um, goblet squat, holding a kettlebell in front, or just body weight, anything like that. Um, some sort of hinge, so a deadlift, whether that's with a trap bar or a standard bar um, or a kettlebell. And then some sort of hip thrust, whether that's a glute bridge, something like that to get the glutes working. Um, and these movements are usually double leg and they're kind of your max strength movement. So you're only doing a relatively small amount of reps, um, but you want the weight to be at a higher end. So again, when you're starting out, obviously it's all going to be relative. So we're not going to say just try and hit your like one rep max on your first session. Um, But these movements, you want to be 
as you get stronger targeting these and increasing the weights and just keeping that rep range relatively low because that's when you kind of get those strength gains um, mm-hmm. rather than just doing heaps of reps. Um, so I think that's probably a good place to start. Uh, yeah. Would you agree with that one? 100%. I mean, I think really it's quite logical. You want the hardest part of your session to be at the start. You get yeah. it over and done with. So you can sort of just think of it as logically as that. So as well, if there's a particular exercise that you're really trying to work on, you're going to have that at the start because that's when you've got the most energy, yeah. your brain switched on, you're ready to go. Obviously, assuming you have warmed up well, sometimes I'll put in a bit of a sort of easy-ish exercise to sort mm. of get me into it. But I mean, that's if I've yeah. got more time and it depends sort of how slow you are to to get into your session but ideally your hard exercise at the start and I think before even moving to the next part there's depending on what kind of stage you're at in your program uh, there's kind of strength phase hypertrophy phase power phase all these sort of things which is a little bit above where we're Mm. talking about today but adding in some sort of power component which another word for that is plyometric so some sort of jump whether that's jumping up onto a box or off a box or doing some hops and things like that is a lot of evidence to show that doing that in combination with a heavy lift, so doing a superset, so you do five squats and then three jumps and repeat that. So yeah, there's a thing called action potentiation. So you're doing your heavy lift and then you're going straight into a jump and a power movement and you get a lot of benefit out of that. So a lot of um, increased strength and power doing it that way, coupling those two exercises. But that is a little bit more of an advanced um, structure. So for a beginner, I'd probably just start with the squats and deadlifts um, and then save the power exercises for once you've Mm. got that base of strength. You don't want to be going straight into any um, sort of max jump movements because it is quite taxing on the body. So leave that for when you're a little bit further down the track. I think there's a nice paper on that, actually. I don't know whether Mm. we've spoken about it before, um, but we can link that in the bio. Again, we'll Mm, try In the show notes. (laughs) In the show notes. That's it. That's the one. Um, And it talks about, it compares a few different styles of strength training. Uh, There's three different um groups and one mm. of them combines the plyometric and heavy strength sets together so like a superset of those exercises and they did show the most benefit in their performance mm. so if anyone is interested in a bit of bit of reading we'll try and find that hope we can find yeah. it goodness <laughs> um, have a look yeah okay all right next part after we've done our sort of compound primary movements we're going to move into or so sort of already said it but our probably more single leg work obviously we're talking about our lower body program it doesn't have to be just for your lower body program um but yeah the single leg exercises some more stability stuff step up step downs pistol squats lunges split squats um yeah not as big heavy sort of compound movements mm. yeah so i guess you'd be more focusing on um, almost the technique and, you know, trying not to let the knee cave in and things like that rather than just thinking, oh, I need to lift the heaviest weights possible. Even for a lot of these, you just start with body weight for most of them um, and then progress. So probably a lunge might be a good place to start or doing some step-ups and then working more towards the split squats and then eventually pistols. Pistols is the dream. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what a pistol is, look it up. It's really hard. Basically a single leg squat going all the way down to the ground, one leg in the air, one leg on the ground. It's, I don't know. I can't get there yet, but we'll keep working on it. That's a whole other story with mobility and other things. Um, yes. And then even a single leg deadlift as well. So getting that hinge pattern as well as squat, squat pattern, but just with a single leg. So you've really, you'll find it's quite hard, especially if your balance isn't great. Um, 
which is a good thing for especially trail runners when you're on uneven ground and things like that. You want that sort of stability within the ankle um, so that you're not at an increased risk of falling over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rolling your ankle. And things I need like that. more of that, I think. Yeah. Start with heavy, more stability, more single leg movements, exercises that focus more on one muscle group um, or just a, a small mm-hmm. sort of um, one joint is moving. So something like a calf raise where it's mm-hmm. just your ankle joint moving. It's not your whole body lifting mm-hmm. up a weight. It's just focusing on your ankle joint and strengthening up your calf muscles. Um, that's when your hammy mm-hmm. curls can come in on the machines at the gym, your knee extensions. Um yeah, I mean, there's a whole range of exercises you can do, but basically you're sort of picking a few muscles that might be your weak areas or Yeah, I think a that... lot of those, yeah, the accessories are often the ones that kind of get forgotten about and often mm. um, like calf raises, a lot of runners get Achilles problems. The glute med, so doing some sort of crab walk or um, clamshells and things like that. I think a lot of runners forget about the glute med, which is that little muscle in the side of your hip. And that's really involved with a lot of the stability movement. So again, that single leg work. Um, so a lot of those areas, the hamstring curls and things like that, we kind of forget about. Um, so I think it's a good place to add in just those little extras, um, just in isolation, focusing on those small muscle groups that actually make a big difference in the long run. Yeah, 100%. I think any runner who's had an injury and gone to the physio mm. ends up doing their, well, that's the thing. That's their the clamshells, always... doing their yeah. calf races. <laughs> There's all these exercises that so many injured people have done before. And I feel like just logically it makes sense to just do those exercises to some degree just generally anyway. when you're not injured. Because yeah. if, if you end up yeah. having to do those when you're injured, why not just do them before and hope that it prevents or at least minimizes your risk um, yes. down the track? You may as well just add them in. Um, that's it. Less yep, time off. Sure. We don't want time off. Um, and then moving on from there, we've got a bit of core work. So obviously when you run, it involves your legs a lot, but your core is involved too. So there's a lot of rotation through the trunk. You need to be quite stable through the pelvis to stop any sort of tilting um, and kind of bending either side. So I think involving some sort of plank, a side plank, um, some anti-rotation works, just any sort of core work to get sort of the trunk and pelvis stability um, working, I think is pretty important. Yeah, I think planks are quite good as well. Mm. Um, whether it's just your conventional plank, which is a great place to start. And if you haven't done any planking before, I think that's where you should start. Um, but then to sort of add the anti-rotational component into it. So basically anything that you can do that's going to sort of throw you off center um, mm. is going gonna, is gonna to be of benefit. So whether it's lifting one arm and reaching out to the side or whether mm. it's doing an arm and a leg at the same time. Um, you could be holding your weight. You can then move into your side plank. Um, and there's a few different exercises you can do in your side plank. That's also mm. going to help sort of strengthen up your glutes as well um, mm. and your obliques in that side position. But, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole heap of variations. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they're all pretty simple exercises to do that don't require much weight and often they're mostly no. body weight those ones yeah that's it um, and even that the traditional plank so obviously you can do it on your forearms but doing it up on your hands i can't remember i saw i think i saw a paper on it too another one will attach um but basically because your body's in that i guess straight position you know you, you're not uh what would you say your back glutes hips legs they're kind of in a straight line basically um yeah. and that's kind of you want to be up in that position when you're running you don't want to be kind of slouching forward or arching through the back when you're running and as we fatigue i think 
a lot of form starts to deteriorate. So being able to have that endurance to hold your posture mm, is going to help true. because the more that you kind of slouch forward, you're not really that efficient. It's going to make it harder to run for longer. So if you can mm. get some strength through the core to keep you in that upright position, I think it's going to benefit you for those longer runs mm. particularly. I think as well, another thing to consider is that it also gives you a lot more body awareness, like doing those sort of body weight exercises mm. where if you move an arm slightly one way or move your shoulder or your head, it sort of adjusts your whole body position. It teaches mm. you a lot about your body and a, a lot about just being able to control different movements. So I think that sort of feedback you can use when you're running because the more awareness you have of your limbs in space, the more able you are to adjust your running style if you need to um, mm. or adjust your pace. It sort of makes you more responsive to your environment. So I think that's just a good a good skill to have. Definitely. As well. For sure. Yeah. All right. So I think that'll do in terms of um, just kind of breaking down the components to a program. Now we'll kind of get a little bit more specific and just give you an example. So this is not gospel. This is not, we're not saying go home and try this right now. This is just a good way to structure it and a few different exercises that are worth looking at. Um, We might start with the beginner session just because I think that's where probably a lot of people are at. A lot of people aren't doing any strength training at the moment or are just getting into it. So this is a good one just to kind of kick things off. Um, So the way we structured it is what we call A1, A2, B1, B2. So basically A is your first group of exercises You do A1 first, then A2, and then you repeat that for the number of sets. So for example, A1 is a goblet squat. So that is just basically a squat. You can even do this to a box when you're just starting out so that you know kind of how deep to go um, and you've just got something, uh, I guess, a guide of of where to land. Um, So holding a kettlebell or a lightweight or no weight at all um, just out in front of your chest and just slowly lowering yourself down to the box and back up. We do that 10 times. Then we move on to exercise number two and then go back to the goblet squats for three sets. Um, So goblet squats followed by what we call a trap bar deadlift. So this is a lot easier than those deadlifts that you see the powerlifters do. Um, It's kind of you stand in the middle of the bar so you can have a nice neutral grip. It doesn't involve too much technique. You kind of basically just stand up with it. Obviously trying to keep your back nice and neutral. Stand up, do 10 reps, and then go back to your squats, and that's your first group of exercises. Um, And then we've got our B exercises. Do you want to run through those? Um, yeah. So we have our knee extension for B1. So that's one where you're going to be sitting down on the machine and basically you're just straightening out your leg. So starting with your knee bent and then you're lifting a weight. So pretty basic. I think, I think with everything we're going to go through, um, it's, you really need a picture or you need someone to sort of show you in person. I think there's only so much mm. you can gain from just listening to this, but I guess we're yep. still going to just touch on it so you can get an idea. Um, mm-hmm. And then we move on to B2, which is a hammy curl or hamstring curl, which is where you're lying down, face down on the machine and you've got the weight sort of on the bottom of your calf, sort of around your ankle area. And you're just, you're bending your knee again, but this time you're bringing <laughs> your heels to your bottom. So yeah, that's quite a good, combination because you've got your knee extension which is focusing on your quadriceps and then your hamstring curl which is focusing on your hamstring so the front of your leg and then the back of your leg so it's quite nice to um, combine exercises with opposing muscle groups it sort of gives one part a rest while you're working mm. another one um, yeah yeah and I think to um, it's pretty important to make sure that you're doing a well-rounded program not just targeting one sort of muscle group so that you're you know, even you're not having that really strong, really strong quads and really weak hamstrings. We want to try and make sure you're 
targeting both and ticking both off throughout the week or throughout the session. Um, so that's yeah. why it's kind of structured structured this way so that you can do um, opposing muscle groups. Um, and then we just finish off with our group of C exercises. So there's three in this group, um, just some body weight calf raises. So just standing up, you can hold on to something for balance if you need to, both feet at the same time, coming up onto your toes, raising your heels up and just slowly lowering down. This one, depending on where you're at, you could do this from a step to get a little bit more range, but sometimes if you've got Achilles issues, you've got to be mindful of that. Um, so just see how you go. And then we've got a front plank, so 30 seconds um, times three, and then some step ups to finish. So you'll rotate through those exercises, um, do one of each, and then repeat that three times. So again, these last exercises are a bit more sort of smaller muscle groups, or I guess a bit less taxing than those first um, first two exercises. So it's a nice way to just finish off, um, just sort of ticking off a few different, a few different exercises there. Awesome. Yep. I think that's really good. We'll, um, again, put this in our show notes so you can see what it looks like, um, to remind you Mm. of exercises. And if you have any questions about how to perform those exercises, let us know and we can go through them. Maybe we can do a post on any of the ones that are confusing. Yeah. We could do Um, a video or or something. Yeah, that's it. Or, um, just go to Google, YouTube. (laughs) um there's so there's a lot out there Um, all right um did you want to go through our advanced um session maybe we'll just sort of touch on these yep yep Um, cool so starting off uh the advanced session with a deadlift so this is just a traditional deadlift with a normal bar um so four sets of five here so you'll notice with the beginner session the reps were quite um a little bit higher so when you're first starting a skill it's really important to stick with the lighter weights and do a few more reps to kind of drill in those motor patterns and make sure that you're actually Mm. doing the right technique and getting a bit more volume in rather than um, lifting heavy for for lighter reps. So then as you move into the advanced, you'll drop the reps back a little bit and increase that weight um, to get kind of the max strength. So four to five, I think what do we have? We've got a bit of a table here, which we'll attach as well, which for strength, we want to be doing less than six reps. Um, But that's obviously when you've got the movement down so this is more for your advanced or intermediate kind of level so that's why we've got deadlifts four sets of five and then followed by back squats four sets of five so these are done independently of each other you're not swapping between because they're such a taxing they're both taxing movements you wouldn't want to be supersetting these because you're just not going to be able to lift as heavy so deadlift first is a1 and then back squat with vertical jump so that's your plyometric again alternating between the max strength um, and then the jump is a good way to do it and then We've got our C exercises, Lydia. Um, yep. So C1 is pistols, <laughs> one of my favorite exercises. <laughs> so yeah, single leg squat more or less um, requires a high level of balance, coordination and mobility. Um, a really great exercise. We've got three sets of eight. So the rep range is a little bit higher because obviously we've already done it a max strength component at the start of the session. We can up those reps just that little bit. And then our single leg RDL or Romanian deadlift. You can do that a few different ways. I tend to use a kettlebell at the gym. Um, you could use a barbell. There's a few different ways you can do it, but we've got three by eight. So you're going to be supersetting the pistols and the single leg Romanian deadlift. Um, okay, moving on to the last three exercises, Soph. Yep. So we've got our weighted calf raises. So we've moved on from body weight. Um, you can do these seated and standing. It's probably good to incorporate both yeah. options because they kind of target two different muscles within the calf. Um, but just kind of any sort of weight. So you can just hold some dumbbells by your side or have a barbell on your back or there's some machines that do it as well. And then followed by a side plank. So a little bit more challenging than just your traditional plank. plank. 
targeting some different muscle groups. Again, 30 seconds, um, which you'll probably find is quite a bit harder than just doing a front plank for 30 seconds. I find getting to 30 on a side plank is quite difficult. Um, And then some some hamstring curls to finish with as well. So again, targeting um, the hamstrings in a different movement than what we'd we'd used earlier. Um, So again, just repeating through those three exercises, three sets of 10 um, or 30 seconds for the plank. Great. Yeah, so we've basically just gone through two similar programs one just being the more advanced version of the beginners session um which we'll put it put a post up with them as well so you can actually see what it looks like and obviously as Soph said at the start that isn't necessarily exactly what you should do it's not the only way to structure a strength program but it's a nice example or a bit of a template that you can use to get Mm. started um, For for your own strength programs I think we've pretty much covered just about everything we wanted to cover mm, yeah for sure I think that's a nice overview um, we gave a couple of examples and just touched on a few different sort of basic principles and I think later down the track we'll get um, I think we've got a physio lined up which will talk about a few other more specific things relating to injury prevention and things like that um, and then we'll get some other people on board just to look at um, a bit more strength and conditioning and some more specific um, you know the nit and gritty behind it but this kind of gives you a rough overview of a few different tips and and I guess what we really want to focus on is knowing why you want to do it and why it is beneficial and um, not just thinking it's not that important because I think I just think everyone should be doing it and it, it amazes me the amount of runners that don't or don't know how to squat or don't know what like gym equipment they should use like there's just it's so unknown for a lot of people um, mm. so I think it's good just to get some sort of information out there and obviously um, if you've got any injuries or anything specific like that, definitely go out and find a health professional that can tailor a program specific to you. We're not saying everyone should go and do this because it might not be right for you. Um, but if you're just you know, wanting a bit of general fitness and a bit of strength to add to your current running program, I think it'd be good to just start with something. Again, everything's on Google these days, so you can look it up and find some YouTube videos or something if you want. But I think just do something, even just some bodyweight exercises is better than nothing. 100%. And I think as long as you're taking a somewhat cautious approach, you haven't really got anything to lose. Um, The best way to start, obviously, would be getting yourself a trainer, um, whether it be in a group environment or Um, one-on-one. But if if you feel like you need that guidance, like you can't go wrong that way, you'll probably really enjoy it. And Mm. you'll probably, you know, meet some people make friends, find another way of exercising, which Mm. is good. So I think, why not? Give it a go. Absolute worst case scenario, you don't like it and (laughs) you don't have to go back. (laughs) But I definitely recommend persevering for at least a few months uh, before giving up. And just take your time with it. Be cautious. Um, Don't end up with an injury. So just, yeah, see someone Mm. that can help you and do it yep. with a professional if you feel like you need the guidance. But if you've got a bit of history with strength training, you've done it in the past, you'll probably pick it up pretty quick. Um, but yeah, don't take our word for gospel, but just something to consider. Fantastic. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to our bonus episode on resistance training. And please, please, please let us know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, any comments, um, let us know. We would love a review. We'd love a subscribe. What else yes. would we love, Soph? We'd love five stars on Apple would be amazing. Um, and oh, a that's review right. on Apple. I think that's the best way to kind of reach a bigger audience is um, through that. Um, obviously, you can subscribe and follow on Spotify, but there's nowhere to leave a review. But if you've got an Apple device, leaving a review on there is amazing. 
Um, so just, yeah, follow us on Instagram at Stronger Stride and let us know what you think or check out the podcasts on any of the platforms and leave a comment if you can. That's it. Awesome. All right, signing out. All right, thanks for your time, guys. Appreciate it.